welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. This week on the ABCA podcast is Mizzou assistant coach Jabari Brown. Brown is entering his first season with the Tigers program after ABCA fourth vice president Kerrick Jackson took over this past summer. Brown spent the last two years on Tim Corbin's staff at Vanderbilt, becoming the first recipient of the Maggie Corbin Minority Baseball Apprenticeship Scholarship. Brown coached at Eastern Kentucky University and received his master's degree in sports administration while he was in Richmond, Kentucky. Brown got his coaching start at Claflin University, where he was a four-year starter. In this episode, we cover player development, strength training, finding the right mentors, the Chicago White Sox ace program, and how to handle coaching at a new program. Let's welcome Jabari Brown to the podcast. What do you got going? Uh, we had some bullpens and stand-ins, so just watching some guys, watch, getting to learn some names, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the good stuff when you get to a new place takes you a little bit. That's uh, I always tried to print up our roster and then try to match names with faces as, as we went, so... Good, just right. good thing for me. I did a majority of our recruiting, so I had had usually had contact with almost everybody quite a bit before they showed up. So yeah, you're the, you're the main one. Yeah, oh get yeah, this thing done. <laughs> yep, yeah. Even when I was a head coach, I was still doing a lot of it. Just at Western Illinois, we we couldn't pay our guys very much, so I didn't know how how much guys would be around. I wanted them to go out, the ones we had, but I still had mm-hmm. to stay active just in case we had guys leave. You guys can get back on the road now, can't you? Next week. Next weekend. So you got – Yep. That's got better the, for you guys, man. The way it's set up now, it's better. Yeah. Creekside's coming up with the JUCO event and then um, Indianapolis. We've got a deal, so. That window's good. I mean, it could probably yeah. be longer, and I know – you know, it just depends on the schools too, because you know, it's hard to it's hard to know what to do. It's fair to everybody because everybody's yeah. so different at Division One on, on their recruiting timelines. Yep, you just can't, um, you know, because some schools are JUCO heavy, so they probably mm-hmm. would like to go a little bit longer. You know, 
some coaches may want to go watch a guy play basketball, mm-hmm. the winter camp stuff, you know, you and I mm-hmm. met during the winter camps, you know, that stuff's kind of gone away now. So it just, it's hard to legislate to everybody, which, um, I just don't know how you make it work for everybody. It's, I don't think you do. Yeah. I think well, right now it's a good starting point with the August leading into September. Then you get the month to be with your team, which is the most important part. And then you get that opportunity to go back out and after you evaluate what you got on campus and, and, and put yourself in a good spot moving forward. So Yeah, and for somebody like me that would have went out, if you were able to go out, I would have went out. I think you, you got to pull the reins back on some of the guys out there because <laughs> if you know, some of those guys that are still doing well, it, some of the old-timers, <laughs> if, if you're able to go, they would go. Um, yeah. You know, whether, whether they should or not, I, I think, right. you know, those old-timers, I think they would just go because it was available. So I think, you know, I think that's what good legislation is. I just think it pulls the reins back on the the guys that need it. Um, yeah. Because what do you not, what do you what do you think the uh, the fall looks like for high school players moving forward? I don't know. You know, obviously it's it's still you know JUCO Division three Division two. I think they're going to be extremely active. Um, mm-hmm. But for you all. You know, it's 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 hard to know because I'm not in it anymore. Um, yeah. You know, it's hard to know what I would do if I was if I was back in it right now with the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, you know, I think well, it's I mean, still not, school. Not, I, not from us, not from us. More so, like what what would you advise a high school player? Like, would he should he go out and play in games? Is yeah, it, I, well, I mean, some of them still need it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it depends on where you're at developmentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the guys, you know, I was a late bloomer. Yeah. You know, we didn't have fall baseball back then, which was actually good for me because it allowed me to get in the weight room. And I I think that's that's the individual art Mm -hmm. piece of of development for each kid is you can't tell all of them like, hey, this is what you should do because they're all so different. Right. Where it's okay, this individual might need to take the fall off and, and get in the weight room and become a better athlete and get more physical. Um, this athlete might be physically there, but their skill's not as good and they need more game reps. I think that's where the individual piece comes into play. That's the art of coaching too, because yeah. everybody yeah. you deal with is going to be different. Um, yeah. You know, There's so much art to it. You can't, from a development standpoint, you can't blanket statement on any right. of those guys because everybody's so different depending on where they're yeah. at. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. And I was just I was watching Arm and he was like he was doing well. He was he was progressing, getting up to ninety easily. And then now it's I'm looking at it like he's down eighty five, eighty six. I'm like, dude, you've been throwing since the start of your high school season. And you just like, answered that's a kid that that's a kid that needs to stop. <laughs> you know, that that's a kid, you know, I think, you know, especially with arms yeah. As soon as the velo starts dipping, okay, you need to you need to shut it down and and re- recover and and put the ball down for a little bit and let your body rest and recover. Get in the weight room, get your mobility mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. You know that that's a kid. You know that that's even with the guys that we coached on the mound too. It was like once they started to dip, then it was like okay, we we've got to change something for mm-hmm. them. Luckily, mm-hmm. we didn't have too many of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a high school kid, especially, they got a lot of miles, you know, yeah. you know, the arms, they, at this point, they got a ton of miles on them. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah and that's the I difference appreciate. between position players and pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, the, the position players, they need to – They if, if they're not where they need to be with getting official visits at this point, they probably need to be playing. Yes. Yeah, because they got to give other schools looks then. You know, mm. The D1 and bus thing, I'm still not – I'm not on it. Um, you know, you're a good example of that. I'm a, I'm a great example of that because I, I thought I was going to go to Division three schools too. You know, it's – the, that whole mentality there's so many good examples for kids out there of kids that didn't go to power five and are doing well um and i would go back and go to evansville all over again all over again because the would... education piece too like you're a good example you got your undergrad you got your masters you know it's um it, that works for 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 those kids and that's not to say that as a junior and senior that you probably couldn't have played at one of those schools because you probably mm -hmm. could have as i probably could have mm -hmm. i just wasn't ready and i'm glad i stayed at a place for four years same thing yep. for you i'm yep. even if i was playing right now i'm not going somewhere else yeah man it's, i'm not i wouldn't be the person i am today without the experience i had yep. from laughing university so yep yep I'm so, so thankful yeah here Jabari Brown, assistant coach at Mizzou. Uh, spent last two seasons at Vandy, but Claflin University alum. Uh, spent three seasons there coaching. Jabari, thanks for jumping on with me. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, what does the White Sox ace program meant to your career? Oh, wow. Let's get it. Uh, foundational. Uh, I think that's the best word to, to put on that. Uh, you know, it's from Big Row to Coach Fletcher, Kenny, and – Everybody else that, you know, Dan Durst just putting me around people that took the game serious and, and played it with a lot of love um, was the best thing that's happened. Uh, being meeting lifelong friends, um, you know, you you go through this journey of baseball and you you go to high school and you do all these different deals. But the people that you play those travel ball games with are the people that you still talk to and talk about the day and age of baseball right now. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's been unique and uh, you, you get the opportunity to lean on them now when you're at, in, in a position like this today. What was your first year of high school with them? Oh, uh, fre yeah. Freshman year, freshman year was the first time I got involved with the White Sox ace program. And you're yeah. fortunate because they had done a lot of heavy lifting up to that point. You know, you came later on. They had started mm -hmm. a while before that. So you kind of reaped the benefits of, of them with a lot of trial and error when they first started mm -hmm. to where it was because it did – it got to be a, just an all-encompassing program, life skills, yes. academics, baseball. Yeah. And, and really it was something you hadn't seen – in the inner city, especially with, okay, we're going to try to prepare kids to go to the next level. And this is all the things that they need to think about and, and get involved with before they mm -hmm. get there, because they're not that way. They're not behind. Yes, I, I would, I would agree. I went to, I went to De La Salle, which was a diverse high school and, you know, being from inner city, my parents wanted me to explore and get new experiences and and then having a white Sox ace program as that backbone to understand who you are as a person and not lose what what's gotten you to the point that you're at today and you know it's it's it was some really good players the years before me that i was able to look into and who was doing it in their junior season senior year uh, and to be honest you know 
that's what gravitated me towards college baseball. Uh, I didn't even – I was just playing a game. You know what I mean? Pops took me to the game. I was like, all right, I'm going to go play a game. And then you you start being around these individuals that, no, nah, I want to go play college ball. I'm like, college? Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, what is what is that? And, um, and you know, I just wanted to play high school baseball. And whatever happened after that, it happened after that. But then you start growing and you get those goals and, and getting around people that – like I said, love the game of baseball and want to play it for as long as possible. And that was a cool thing for me with working the winter camps is because you felt like, okay, you can show inner city kids like, hey, this is a possibility. Like if you want to work at it and you want to do this, this is a possibility for you. This isn't lip service. Like you have a legitimate chance of going to play college baseball somewhere. If yes. you want to do things right and work at it, you've got a possibility. And that would, you know, I give the ACE program a lot of credit because nobody was doing it when they started. And, you know, the Durst brothers, you know, all those guys, Big Row, Fletch, mm -hmm. Kevin Coe, mm -hmm. uh, Kenny, you know, those yeah. guys are like, hey, this is a possibility. We just got to introduce kids to, to what this actually is. And, uh, you know, we all love baseball, but there's just some kids out there that don't know how good baseball is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was definitely motivational and and just seeing the different levels of baseball and, and people that are involved in it. Uh, from coming to the winter camps and and starting to introduce different skill sets that, you know, our coaches were trying to get us like, oh, dang, the college coach said the same thing that my travel coach just said. So I, I probably need to start listening to what's going on. <laughs> Who approached you out of those guys to come play for the ACE program? Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you. My dad was heavily involved. I, I was very fortunate to have a father who who wanted to – to put me in the best situation uh, moving forward. And, you know, he he built some really good relationships with those guys and they still all talk to this day. So it's uh, it's pretty cool watching them. So, yeah, my pops, my pops did his due diligence and in, in working the game of baseball. So is the Catholic League the best conference in, in Illinois? Definitely when I play, and I think <laughs> I'm just saying that because I coach so many Chicago Catholic League guys. That's how they talked about. Yeah, it. I was no, like, hey, they, there's yeah. other there's other good conferences, and you yeah. look at the state champs. It hasn't been Catholic League schools no, for a little bit. So Edwardsville's been say, running Illinois now, but for sure, I, I think that I think from the Catholic League, and you know what Simeon has done, and all the other high schools in the area, they have been able to pour into baseball and not just have it as a participation sport uh, from what the Catholic League has done in the, you know, when I was going. I mean, it was St. Rita, St. Lawrence, you know, Fenwick, Providence, and, you know, just every, I mean, it's similar to what's going on, you know, in SEC now. It's just like every week you got to, you got to bring it up. You got to, you got to show up and play. So um, a lot of, a lot of heavy competition days with, with the Catholic League baseball. <laughs> How'd you choose Claflin coming out of high school? Honestly, not being good enough at first, uh, but I would say it chose it chose me. I think that, you know, I've, I had the big dream of going to, you know, these schools that everybody heard of and, and things they have in a dream school to go to. But, um, you know, you go on a visit and you talk with a coach and then you just you start walking the campus and you start seeing yourself like, dang, I'm going in. I can see myself going in that door. I can see myself eating at this cafeteria. Uh, I get, the coach is talking the same things that my parents are talking about. Um, and, and just I feel like I can then again be myself again. And I feel like 
going from De La Salle and then going to HBCU, it allowed me to to grow into the man I am today and to be comfortable in my own skin. I think that high school kind of swayed a little bit, um, and, and I, I was able to gain that Claflin confidence that we talk about at, at our university. So um, I'm very thankful, uh, and it's been the the best decision that I've made as, as attending attending Claflin University. Did you did you decide to be on the student athletic advisory committee, or did the coaches say, "Hey, you should probably do this"? Uh, he put me on my freshman year, um, and then you know you just start going to meetings, and then you hear the president talk, and you hear all these different people, and you you don't you just start asking yourself like, "I can do more. Like I'm, I'm not doing enough. Um, I'm." I can I can be a better version of myself, not just only in the classroom and on the field, but for the student body of athletes that we have and, and represent them and hearing them what they're talking about and and what they're looking for. I felt like um, be, becoming the president of the, the school and then, then coming the president of the actual conference was some things I was definitely scared of my freshman year. But uh, my coach, Coach Randall, pushing me to not only be a leader on the baseball field, but also in life uh, has, has gotten me um, the confidence that I need and the motivation to help those who need to be helped. So, yeah, you and I check another box off because I was a SAC, I was a SAC member also. SAC representative. So, SAC undergrad, SAC, like you and I are like neck and neck <laughs> with the exact I, same path. Honestly, it was it was them telling like, yeah, we, we're going to take a trip to, uh, I was like, we going where we can leave the campus. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> See, we didn't have that back in 96. They weren't taking care of the sack reps like they yeah, do now. Yeah. The travel, the travel was definitely uh, one of the reasons that I got involved in. And I was like, yeah, since I'm doing it, I might as well do it to the best that I can. So. Did you know you wanted to stay there and coach then after you finished? No. No, uh, my mom always told me that I'll be a coach, so I'd never want to listen to her. <laughs> so uh, we, I played some indie ball um, and I, you know, I worked a job when I was in college for a while. And I was like, I never, obviously never wanted to work a job. And um, my coach Randall was like, look, I need help. Um, you can just, you know, shadow and do some things around and throw some VP. And I was like, yeah, sure. Well, I'm still doing independent ball stuff. And, you know, our assistant coach left and he was like, dude, you can you can be my assistant coach. I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. But my mom was like, I told you it was going to happen. And then I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. And one, from first day, I was like, all right, I'm not playing anymore. I'm I'm about to help you. the same guys. way. I was like, I'm not, this was, this is so much better. And uh, just seeing the light bulb flick and the motivation, the bright eyes that they get when they, they're bought into what you want to do and, and where they see themselves going is, was, is the best moment that I can, that I, I've ever had on a baseball field other than big hits and, you know, and, and diving plays, like all that stuff is fun. But then when you actually see somebody that you've worked with and helped along the way, have, go to the conference tournament and go nine for 12, you know what I mean? It's like, dang, that's, that's really cool. And, and you just want to help somebody else do the same thing. So yeah, I, I fell in love with it ever since then. How did you handle it with guys that you had played with coaching those guys? 
Yeah, we, me and Coach Randall, we had a real good conversation that there is going to be a time when you have to separate um, and you you have to have grown kind of kind of kind of conversations and 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 limit yourself to the the privilege of the age gap that's not there right now. Um, and you know, I I think it helped uh, at at some point where me and him was able to. I was able to help him out because he was so far down the line and, and I was really close. And then he got a better understanding of, of what the guys are thinking. And then he could, he would mentor me with like, no, this is how you need to handle this situation next time. And, you know, he, he was very patient with me um, and, and wanted me to be successful in the coaching arena as well. So um, we've, we've, we've had many talks. We've had, conversations on the bus ride about, you know, lineups and personalities of why this personality does better in this situation in the lineup. So it was uh, life changing and understanding people um, and, and, you know, being pushed to be a psych major and, and stuff like that to understanding how people think uh, has, has definitely helped me uh, limit the, the interactions of, of you know Ross and I don't know and I don't know the word and to keep say it but it professional then too yes, that was the biggest thing yeah. the same thing that you and I check off I had to coach guys that I played with and <laughs> I was like hey the the stuff that we were doing as players like we don't get to do yeah. that stuff as don't tell as me coach you, I don't yep I don't need do to know you don't me. need to know like we're gonna keep this professional it's the only way it works is, yeah. is keep once it. you hit the calf I don't want to know anything else after your day yep yep <laughs> I'm here to help, but yeah. I don't need to know. That's just be smart, make yep. good decisions. Now, hey, were you forced then to, to run strength and conditioning then too? I mean, it's a limited staff, or is that something that you you wanted to do? Yeah, well, you know, when you do something at a high level that you that you done when you were playing, uh, you then want to tell them like, if you want to be really good, you have to take the weight room seriously, um, and. And that opportunity was just because I had a real good strength and conditioning coach when I was in high school who who showed me what hard work was and 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 what type of drills to do to stay in shape. Um, because, you know, as you go to those levels, it's it's on you. Like you have to really choose to because the timing is not as uh, structured uh, on a D2 level as in other programs. And and and, you know, I, I wanted to be the best that I can be. So I spent a lot of time in the weight room and he was like, I want you to bring those same aspects that you did as a player to, to our team. And he was, let's go to the weight room, show them what to do. Let's, let's get involved. And, you know, then the programs started hiring a strength coach and he would, I would, I would tell him like, when I um, say tell him, he would tell me what we needed to do. And then I would, I would uh, go and follow that plan that he had um, for our team. So, I mean, what do baseball coaches need to hear from the strength and conditioning side? Mobility and 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 learning the different. I'd say it, I would say learning the difference between uh, fluid movers and and rigid movers. Uh, is, is and, and understanding that mobility is is key, uh, especially for prevent injury. I think that's what strength coaches. Uh, want to do it at the at the most is get them stronger and prevent as much injury as possible uh so i think it helps it, learning the body helps everybody if that makes sense like watching somebody move 
and being able to correlate things in the weight room to what they've done on the, what they're doing on the field uh, is, is definitely something that a coach should at least learn the basic level of. So that way, um, when you see something in the weight room, you can be like, remember when you did this? Like, oh, yeah, like that's when that light bulb kind of flicks on a little bit and is able to be helped. What do strength and conditioning coaches need to hear from the baseball coaching side? Mm. They need to be on the field. <laughs> that that would be, I would say that's the the main thing is that, yes, the weight room is important. And, and I've been around some really good strength coaches from Vandy and now Missouri, uh, and also actually at um, AKU, um, that they really care about the player on the field. Like we need to make sure this player is on the field to do the things that the coach is asking. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, that was a thing. Like once they started to come hang around us, mm -hmm. I think it opened up their eyes to what our players actually did on the field, their type mm -hmm. of workload. And I think it mm -hmm. allowed them to maybe program a little differently for mm -hmm. our players. And we would have weekly meetings with our strength coach and our athletic trainer also just to go over everything. But I think once they started to, to get around our guys in the competitive side, I think it brought a much better program in the weight room because they had actually seen what our guys are actually doing. For sure. And mobility goes into that. That's a big piece. Like, okay, this is the type of workload they're going to have this week. Mm -hmm. What can we help them with to get their range of motion back in their arms, their shoulders, their hips? What can we do in the weight room to help them get back to, again, prevent injuries? Help them get better, but also prevent injuries. For sure. For sure. Totally agree. How'd you get connected with Tim and Maggie Corbin? My, my best friend, Ro Coleman. Um, we, I was at EKU and um, me and Ro were doing something at, uh, in Nashville. And, you know, they, they've always knew of me, but they never met me. And I went to uh, the convention and I, I was on the last day. Um, I was just watching this, the, I forgot who was speaking, um, but I was texting Ro while I was watching. So I wasn't taking notes. Don't get mad at me. Uh, but I was, the videos are for now. <laughs> so I was texting Ro and then um, I looked over to my left and I, I was like, oh man, your, your head coach is here. He's uh, you're sitting in the front row. He was like, go talk to him. I'm like, bro, I'm not about to go interrupt Tim Corbin. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you played for him, but that's been like my idol <laughs> ever since I got into the coaching realm. So I'm like, I'm not about to, I'm not about to do that. He's like, dude, go up to him. Talk. He knows your name. I've talked to you about him a bunch of times. So I'm like, all right, I'll wait to the end. I'm not about to interrupt. Cause if you know Corbs, he's always he's dialed in. <laughs> he's dialed in. He has in. time for you, but not when things are going on. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm I like, text yeah. him about you just to get to get some info. And he's like, mm -hmm. Hey, we're getting ready to start camp. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm yeah, don't <laughs> I'm off. he's <laughs> offline. <laughs> yeah. Once can't go. I think it's this weekend. It's, so it's like, this no. weekend. <laughs> yeah, I felt like, bad. Like for me, <laughs> even though I had no idea they have camp going on, like as soon mm -hmm. as he responded back, it's like, we got camp going. I was like, ah, I feel bad now. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, he's like, once camp is going, he's dialed, locked not do anything else but to keep to go like he was he finished up and you know Corbs he's gonna have 10 15 people in line to talk to him uh so I text her like dude I'm not I'm he's busy man you're lucky you stuck around though because that right. was one of the things he texts back he's like hey he introduced himself at the convention to me 
Yeah. And yeah, uh, he broke. And it was because of Roe. Like Roe was just like, don't do it. Like stay. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stay. And so I walked up to him. I first introduced myself to Maggie because she was kind of, you know, Maggie's like the come on, Corpse, let's get out of it. And Corpse like, you know, I'm going to talk to everybody who wants to talk to me. So I said I shook hands with Maggie, uh, introduced myself to her. And then, um, you know, Corpse came up and I shook his hand and told him who I was, my best friend's role. And he's told me a lot about you, everything that you've done with the program. And 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 you know, from Rose's words, man, he just said that he he coaches with love. And ever since he told me that, I've, I've tried to in, incorporate that in in my daily due diligence of of being a coach. And from from then, we just we had a really good connection and had really good conversations. And he asked me over the summertime, the, would you be interested in an opportunity to be the first recipient of the Maggie Corbin Scholarship to be an intern? And I told him, yes. <laughs> I was like, you don't need to, I don't need a day to think about it. I would take this. it right now as a 49 year old, I'd take the scholarship. I'd go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was the best, one of the best things that since going to college and, and choosing Claflin and uh, understanding what discipline and responsibility really is, it's been one of the best decisions that I've made in my life. Yeah, what were some other things that stuck out when you got there that maybe you hadn't seen before? Attention to details, just some really good and good people. I think that was that was something that I didn't expect, that I didn't know what to expect, but everybody in the building, and I, like I, I've told some people, some other people that I've talked to as well with this place in Missouri is everybody in the building wants to be there. Nobody wants to go home. Nobody wants, everybody wants to help the kids that's involved in the program. And, and now that I'm at Missouri, um, the same is, is the same as, is is here. It's, it's a home environment. It's a family environment. Uh, it's for the kids and their experience. And it's not just in the program, it's throughout the whole athletic department. Um, and everybody that I've met from academics to career development to on campus uh, instructors and, and, and professors and recruiter, recruiters, um, everybody loves the state of Missouri and the university. And um, it's definitely a unique environment for sure. And that's the both, both environments are similar in that regard. So when you talked to Corbs, did he tell you what you were going to be doing? Because I mean, when Corbs was like, I, I asked, he was like, you wrote development plans, administered defensive offensive plans, helped with recruiting, helped with scouting. Did you know all that before you got there? No, I, th I think we, I know when I got it, he was like, look, we're just, we're going to figure it out. Well, first we need to see what you can do. Um, and we need to talk to the SEC and we just know we want you here. And like I said, man, all he had to do was say he wanted me here. And I was like, I, I'll be there. Like, I'll be there tomorrow. He's like, no, relax, start finding some stuff and get things situated. And, um, yeah, um, I didn't know. I did not know what I was going to be doing. And, you know, Corbs is the infield coach. And I'm, infield, I'm an infield guy. So I was like, look, I'm just going to be right behind you, looking at what you're doing, try to take notes and see what what you like. And 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 I felt like that approach – helped me with everybody around because I did not know, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what this level of baseball looked like or, or, or was. So having that opportunity to learn from coach Baxter, Shu, Brownie, 
uh, Amy from a director of op standpoint, Foster, even Brooks Webb. I mean, like just everybody loved their job and they knew what their role was on an everyday basis to help the kids be successful. So Corp said you did a great job with scouting. He's overdoing it. Now. <laughs> I would. Okay, yeah, I'll say yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you take the comp, I'm I'm the same yes, way. I have a hard time taking compliments. Take would, the compliment. Yes. If if yes. Coach Corbin said you did a good job with scouting, you did a good job with scouting. Yeah, I I definitely appreciate that. Um, it was it was definitely a team effort. Um, you know, from Brandon, um, Sammy, who was there too. We we just we talked, and that was that's the thing. Like everybody communicated well and and just wanted to see how we can help the guys do what they needed to do. So um, if it was something from tips some pictures and, um, you know, what to look for at the plate and, and on the defensive side, where to be at, um, you know, all that was definitely a, you know, a collective effort for sure. Did you have to spend much time watching Synergy then? Yes. Yes. From a yes. defensive and, positioning standpoint. Yeah. Josh was, Wachowski uh, was very helpful because that was another area that I knew of, but never had to actually go into. And, and watching him work with Synergy in the videos and stuff like that allowed me to, to get a little better at, at understanding how to, how to filter. Uh, yeah. It's becoming more efficient with that. Yeah. Yes, a lot of information you have to become because because if not you're going to waste a ton of time yes good and it's and it's good information that is just like what does the kid need to be successful versus what do i need to be successful in that situation so um just being i, I think being as simple as possible was the thing that i've learned with the scouting reports yeah, and, don't overcomplicate that piece of it <laughs> no, not at all they don't need it they don't need 98 percent of it no, no, they just they need what they like. Yes. Yeah. They need what they like. Hey, was he doing anything infield wise different? I mean, he's been doing infield for a long time. And you've been around some good coaches, but was he yeah. doing anything different infield wise that you hadn't seen before? I, the difference was it was every day. Yeah, the reps. Like that it was, that's yes. the biggest thing for me is the amount of reps. Yeah, this every day and this the the focus that's bought into it and you know it comes with him too because he is the head coach uh he he is his name at that at the end of the day and and guys respect him so when he says something he and that's why I, I always told him like man I just I just love the way you command the room like not in a it's like a drill sergeant way it's a but presidential like, it's like yes. a, he's got a presidential feel to yes, him sir. when he talks Yes, I'm like he reminds me of JFK. I know he's from the the he's from that part of the world, so he does. He reminds me of John F. Kennedy Jr. Yes, it's very, very easy to understand and 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 get the message that he wants to get communicated to the player. So, yes, I would say the communication that he has, and also our everyday reps of focus to to doing what we need to accomplish was the thing that I've learned the most from him for sure. So with Mizzou, it's infielders, hitters. Yes, yes, sir. Now with the recruiting timeline, get ready to start. When will you guys do full team stuff? Uh, we start September 18th. Uh, when that's when we start. Um, 
And I think the window for recruiting starts the 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Because you um, still have some weather, you know, in your part of the world up in Columbia that, you know, you still need to start a little bit earlier, probably than yeah, some, just, some of the stuff, just because of the weather piece. Yeah, I think some some people like you're going to go to the cold. I'm like, all right, it's not that cold. First of all, I'm from Chicago. Iowa City is cold. <laughs> Columbia is not cold. Yes. Windy. Windy for sure. Cold. I'll wait. I'll wait to see what we got going on. But uh, it's definitely windier here. Um, and I think from a from a team standpoint, we always go south. So uh, I'm not really worried about weather. I think the other team is going to have to be worried about weather, not not us. So it'll be fun. So and you've had individual s- sessions going on up to this yes, point. Yes, sir. Yes, it's been good. It's been the the guys are very curious. Um, I think that that's definitely a tribute to the the last infield coach. He he's I've heard really good things about him and and what he did. Um, so it's been you know it's it's really been a really good group to work with. Uh, they they definitely aspire to get better every day already, um, and it's. They they do they want the freedom to be themselves on the field and also show the growth that they can uh, accommodate themselves with. So yeah, when you get to a new program, the best thing you can do is ask as many questions of the players. The, yes. the more you can ask questions of them when you get to a new place, and I had to do it a few times. Mm-hmm. When you get to a new place, the best thing to do is just ask them questions about what they like, what they don't like. Not talking mm-hmm. about the previous coaching staff. Like, that's not what it is. It's like, hey, no. I'm, I'm focused on you. I don't care yeah. about the previous coaching staff, what they yes. did that you did or didn't like. That mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I'm mm-hmm. I'm focused on you right now. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you like to do? What do you feel like helped you? You know, mm-hmm. I think that's that that's that balance when you get to a new program because I think with with this generation of kids they all want to badmouth the previous coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, we're not we're not doing yeah. that. Like not at we don't all. care about the previous coaching staff. Yeah. Like let's focus on you and trying to get you better. Mm-hmm. That's in the past. Let's mm-hmm. focus on where we're at right now and and start moving forward from where you're at right now. For sure, for sure. And they've been they've been talking some good stuff. Um, I think that. You know, when we have been working now, it's it's focusing on maybe a, a different soft focus rather than what they were accustomed to. Um, and uh, we we they've been seeing some difference and they, they're enjoying it. They're enjoying the process. They're enjoying the new terminology, I guess, um, and and understanding what it means to be successful uh, in, in the game of baseball, which, like like I said, the. You know, you look at the field percentage in the SEC, everybody was above 96, 97. So it's like you're not trying to re- recreate the wheel. They already were at a strong point. Now it's can we just keep getting better each day to stay consistent and, and stay on the fundamentals. And you said about Mizzou, I th- Columb- for me in the Midwest, don't drag me anybody that's not in these three cities or hasn't been there. I think it's Columbia, Lawrence, and Iowa City for me and, and maybe Lincoln. I've been to Lincoln, but don't don't drag me Nebraska fans if you're listening in. But but I do feel I do feel like just from a college town setting, yes. I do feel like Lawrence, Columbia, and Iowa City are the three three best in that, yeah, that I was, vicinity. I went to we went to a game uh last night. Uh we had a official visit and I was hugely impressed with the amount of support this this college town this this state has for the state of Missouri and um it's 
It's been great, man. I, I, we got a big game with Kansas State coming up. It's it's been sold out for two weeks, um, and I can't wait to see the environment. I can't wait for our, the official visit guys to see what we have to offer uh, from a college football standpoint. Um, and there's some good robberies out here in the Midwest, and um, it's 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 a really good environment. The 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 town is like I said, it's home like everybody is welcoming and and wants you to be successful and the conversations that we've had uh for the past month and a half has been nothing but great. So love it. Love it. Do you feel like the the new rules changes are gonna help? I know kids are still maybe committing and, and it's not mm -hmm. publicized. But do you feel like, because I think you're a good example and I'm a good example of being able to to take a look later. Mm -hmm. I think the longer the process goes for most kids, the better it's going to be for coaches and for the, the kids, the longer it goes, because then yeah. it's closer to when they're going to show up on campus. Exactly. I think we, as a coach, we get a better idea of who the kid is uh, before they get to our campus. Uh, I also feel that, the player gets a better idea of what the staff is going to look like as they get closer to campus. I mean, there's so much movement in college baseball that um, from a player and coach standpoint that you never know what's, but now I feel like the player has the the benefit to commit to the staff and institution that they really want to go to. Um, and, you know, you know, like we tell uh, when I'm on recruiting calls is, look, the worst thing I want for you to happen is to graduate with a degree that you love. I don't, my intentions is not to put you in the portal. I obviously, I'm recruiting you. I like you. So don't, we're not getting you here to put you in the portal. We're getting you here because we want you, at worst, graduated with a degree that you love. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's better for the kid. I think coaching wise, I've yet to see where it leads us um, to, but I think that we're able to to at least structure how we're going to move things forward for the next years to come with, with being August 1st, September, and then leading into uh, fall, fall practices with our current team. So. What do you feel like are the biggest challenges for minority coaches getting an opportunity? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely one putting yourself out there um, and finding, finding opportunities to, to do it. And, and also I think it's, it's building relationships. Um, it's, this is a relationship business, um, and and getting to know is getting to know people on a genuine level, and not just a I need a job level. Um, I think it's the biggest way. Uh, for and you said it coming to the convention. I, you now like I'm proud. I'm proud of that. Like you know, last year in Nashville, like it was noticeable. We have more mm -hmm. minority coaches, females, blacks, Hispanics. Mm -hmm. Like we have way more than when I first started. I'm a 27 year member, so when I first mm -hmm. started going to the convention, I'm proud of the the fact that when you come to the convention now, like it's it's in a good way. It's like okay, yes, we're we're we still got a long way to go, but we're we're getting to the point where we need to get to. And Carrick has a lot to do with that. You know, Carrick, Carrick's done say, a tremendous job <laughs> with the diversity yes. committee. Like, yes, you know, we're we're continuing to do things. He's done a great job in our board meetings of still shining a light on things that that. Not that just some white coaches don't think about it. They just don't yes. like it's not that they're not racist. They just have never mm -hmm. thought about it. Sure. And Carrick's done a tremendous job of bringing light to all of that. And, you know, it's just I'm, I'm proud of it, too, the the way that we're going. For sure. Yeah, I, I think, too, is 
I think too, it's just getting to an opportunity to coach rather than for the money in the first part. Cause it's, it's, it is, it's not, it's not easy. Um, it's, you're not living the lavish lifestyle. You're, you're eating, you know, it's been plenty of nights where I just having soup for dinner and, and it takes what it takes. It takes what it takes. It's not, it's not, it's a not pretty... for everybody. I always try to stress that. I'm like, but the, those of us that love it, you're yes. willing to make those sacrifices. I still bring my lunch to the office. Like I still, I know, that's still part of my routine. I eat peanut butter and jelly more days than I don't. That's still part of my routine. Peanut butter and jelly, yeah. carrots. Like I'm a calf guy. I'm going to the I'm going to the athletic calf. I'm going to the dining hall. I'm I'm swiping the meal plan. <laughs> I'm figuring out what, and that's just because of what I did when I was at Claflin. I found, you know, I, I tried to put myself in a good position to have a meal plan and and not have to worry about eating uh, as much as possible, which it's it's sad to say, but it's it's the thoughts that you you have to do to simplify the life. And, and it allows you to, you know, be on campus all day and be in the office, which is the crazy part, but you got to be a little crazy to do this job. So in a good way, like the crazy good is way. good. Like this is what it is. Like you have yeah. to love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm lucky that my dad did it. And, but he told me like, Hey, I was making a lot of money bartending when I first started coaching. <laughs> he was like, you're not going to be able to live this lifestyle. Like, cause you're not going to have that type of money. He goes, but what you do need to do is put $25 away in a, in a mutual yes. fund a month. And I was mm -hmm. given plasma, I, like I was doing all this stuff per month mm -hmm. to scrape by, but I was mm -hmm. still putting $25 a month away. And that ended up being our down payment for our first house in Iowa City. Oh, Just wow. off $25 a month. It was for like five years. I, you know, it was like five years I'd done it up to that point. But again, you can't live with that over your means. And that's yes. advice for anybody listening. Yeah. And I don't care how much money you make. If you can stay below your means, you're going to be okay at the end of it. You'll be fine. Playing a long game. Yes, it's what, a, it is a long game. It's a long It's, it's a, a long, long game. game. It doesn't seem long. like in the beginning, but then you look up, no. you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You look up now, it's like, okay, that, that's why. But you have to make sacrifices, and God bless my wife. Like, she's she's made sacrifices with me. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't Neither always work that way. If you have a partner in this thing, they have to be on board with it. It's not always easy, and there's some tough conversations with it, but, you know, it's just what it is. Hey, I was going to ask you, why is The Great Gatsby your favorite book? Uh, it, was, it was the first book I actually read. That's why. <laughs> keep it keep it in a book. Keep it in real simple, man. Like, I didn't. I, man, I do not like reading. Um, but The Great Gatsby kept me intrigued. Um, and just knowing the new and, you know, it's. It is a great book. I haven't read it in a while. Uh, now I'm you should audio. Revisit it, honestly. Yeah. Like I've done that with some some of the not the fiction books. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Jack Kerouac fan, the beat writers. Um, oh, okay. But some of his books that I read in high school, I hadn't read, and mm -hmm. I, so I'm going back and redoing some of those that spoke to me because as you mm -hmm. get older, you have more experiences, and there are that I'm getting different things out of them now. Right. Going right. back and. and, and and to re-say that, like, that was the first book I chose to finish. Yes. Not, yeah. I read books in school. Yep. I just, I don't want the player that's out there listening. Yes, I did my homework. I just, yes. I didn't like it. Yes. But Grace Gatsby was the book that 
I started to read on my own and I actually finished to read on my own. But that's a good point too. Like those of us that did well in school, you didn't like every class, No. but you put the work in. Like that's a no. mentality thing too. Like I, I don't care if you like that class or not. You're not going to like every class that you, you take. Do mm -hmm. well in it anyway. Like that's a mentality mm -hmm. to have. It's like, okay, do well anyway. Yes, like, sir. You're going to get a lot out of that as a person okay, I didn't like that class at all. I st still did well in it because that carries over into the next thing about doing things that you don't like doing. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, that's that's college baseball. <laughs> like, yes. We need a bunt down and you don't want to. It needs to be done. You know, it's going to class after a long weekend of, you know, of bad days at the plate. And then you got to go go to class the next day. It's, it's what you got to do. And it's, those sacrifices mean the world. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to set you back, but looking back now, it's helped you move forward? I mean, is going to Claflin a fail forward moment because you probably thought you should have went to a Power 5 school, but you went to a Division two school? And, yeah. and, and by the way, there's great programs at every level. Is that a fail forward moment? I would say yes. And I would also say COVID. Um, I didn't know if I would stay in college baseball, um, uh, you know, at a point you get you get tired of asking parents for help um and not knowing what COVID was gonna do moving forward. And you know, honestly you didn't know if you could ever coach again at that moment. Like it was with that would, you know, with the pandemic, nobody knows what a pan, you know, been through a pandemic at that time and 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 probably felt like I need to get a job and, and also the third assistant thing got turned down at that point too. Yeah, that exactly. that gets lost in the shuffle too during COVID. Like COVID happened, but then also the the NCA turned down the third the third yeah. assistant thing too at that time. Yes. So yeah, it was it was definitely nerve wracking. Um, and then I got a call. I was I think I was in a no, I wasn't in I was in um, the Northwoods. Um, cause I, I just, cause I already had prior engagements to do with the Northwoods and, um, you know, asking mom for help while I was in the Northwoods, she was like, look, you might have to, I know you love it, but you probably got to find something. And then, um, you know, Edwin called and I told my mom, look, I told you the only way I get my masters is somebody else helps pay for it. So if, uh, I'm going to try it out with this and she was like, yes, I agree. I think if there is anything that happens after COVID, I think you should get your master's. So um, going from a, a paid spot to a, a spot where you have to, you got to take a back seat, like, and and very fortunate to be able to take a back seat. And, 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 and I always tell uh, Edwin that's that, still a jump though. I mean, yeah. it's still, you know, and that's where I try to tell coaches too. It's like, okay, the the money financial piece may not be, but the the jump up in levels mm -hmm. gonna probably be. come out okay on the end. Again, if you're willing to sacrifice, you're probably gonna help you jump forward a little bit with that decision. Yeah. Edwin called me. We uh, we talked for probably like a week and a half, and we got we got close. And he was like, "Look, I got, I got a GA role." Um, I would love for you to be here. And McDougal was already there. Uh, and he's a graduate from Claflin as well. Uh, so we're doing our thing from Claflin. So if you're looking to get into college baseball, go to Claflin. You might San Diego State now. <laughs> now he's at San Diego State. Uh, so we, you know, we, you know, we talked. He, he was like, look, just just come on board. And then Edwin left me. And, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, 
<laughs> with the doors down. So I was like, look, dude, I, I'm already in the classes. I can't leave. I can't go nowhere. Uh, but it was uh, it was money. It was it was beautiful. Um, you know, I got to meet Coach Pro Throw. Uh, and man, he was. He was what I needed. And at that time, um, I, I can honestly say uh, he was because he was the first actually white coach that I worked for. So everybody up to that point was uh, going to be a minority coach. And I had the opportunity to get involved with him and understand there there's there's different there's levels, there's different ideas, there's different things to go on. And and, you know, he 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 him, Walt, Cody Walford, uh, Brian Bowen, like they they were wonderful. I was I was able to just sit back, learn, throw some BP and get out of there. Like I was able to just just learn as much as possible, write some some um, practice plans in the fall because it was just me, Chris Botso, who's a, a A scout right now and and coach pro for the first month and a half of the fall. So I was able to get some experience of being on staff with a new person and then also being a GA and just understanding what help really looks like. I, I think that's what um, that that moment really, really gave me was to to be good service to somebody else's dream. Um, and like I said, move forward to Vanderbilt. Hey, with your psych background, you don't get some of those classes that you probably need. Same thing for me. Mm-hmm. What were some classes that you enjoyed taking at East, Eastern Kentucky, the athletic administration classes, sports admin Ooh. classes? Every single one. It was the same thing for me at JMU. I was like, you know, by, it was, by the way, shout, shout out to JMU. They beat UVA in football. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. go, Dukes. But man, it was, I had some really good, like I said, I've been, I, I don't know, maybe my mom and dad did something right, but I've been very fortunate to meet some really good people um, and, and, and look for the best in myself. So I have nothing but to, to do the same for everybody that I come in contact with as well. And that, that whole department um, and, and, and how they give to the kids of, of being and expect and having expectations to get things done uh, was, was instrumental. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, so many classes of learning, you know, about why title nine has came up. Those are big ones for me. Title nine, the, Mm -hmm. the sports business classes, Mm -hmm. the facilities classes, biomechanics. Like there were some things that I took from my master's that I was not exposed to as an undergrad, which is why you go get your master's if you can. Yeah. Cause it exposes you to so it makes you way more well-rounded, you know, cause you're in there with everybody and Again, it's about finding common bonds. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's white minorities. It's about trying to find common bonds. And I think that's what those master's classes do, those sports admin classes, because I think it allows you to, to find some common bonds with people that don't look like you. Right. And, and two, I think that as a college coach, you you understand what the administration side looks like and what they're looking to accomplish on an everyday basis. And you, you know, you represent the school at the end of the day, you're more so like a, you know, you're more so like a business program for an institution. That's how you, that's how you're supposed to run your baseball program is, is your marketing for the actual institution. And if you want, you want kids to come to the institution, you need to be able to put your program in the best light forward. So. 
So with that GA position, then were your responsibilities just baseball only, or did you have other responsibilities in that athletic <clears throat> department? Because like at Western, you know, luckily our well, GA, was... but at, at Western, they basically ran the whole department, basically. The other GAs, no, was... they were doing ticketing, marketing, like yeah. they, they were humping it. No, I was I, I was fortunate, did not have to go into anything else. Um, I think the way Edwin structured it um, and the way the athletic department looked at their GA roles, they had, which, you know, Eastern Kentucky does a really good job of allowing you to explore your career path inside of their administration. So if, if you want to go into the sports administration side, you're going to be GAing with somebody that you want to work with and what you want to do moving forward. So I was able, like I said, just to, just that was the part, just being able to shadow Cody Walford as an infield coach um, and, and be able to watch Walt do, do an offensive plan and, and how to communicate with his players and and then watch Coach Coach Prothrow uh, have that that viewpoint of, of above just managing everything else and, and making sure everything is ran appropriate, especially with COVID, uh, you know, it's going from, all right, we make sure these two people sit together and make sure these, you know, block, you know, all these different things that, that the ideas that you have to take um, into consideration when running a program was uh, very fortunate to see. And that's the cool thing with the universe. Like you go there to work for Edwin mm -hmm. bounces and then, Honestly, it's a fortunate thing that you got exposed yes. to a different coaching staff. Yes. Like the more people that you can expose yourself to in the coaching profession just helps from a connection standpoint, but also from learning how to maybe talk different, teach different. Yeah. You just yes. pick up so many things being around different people that, you know, right, good and bad. Like you, you pick up the good and bad of, of all of that. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it was more so good because yeah. they didn't do too much. <laughs> <laughs> are you still working out yes i uh so what are you doing what do you like doing i'm a total body guy nothing too crazy i'm not i'm not trying to be the bodybuilder uh i do have a running joke with our staff that i'm not going to share but it's not a i just i just like to stay in good shape nothing same too thing crazy. for me a lot of mobility i'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to get myself sore but I, good for you. You you stayed with. I had a hard time. I trained so hard as a player that. Oh yes. I wanted. I needed to nothing to do get with it. Away from it for a while. <laughs> it's the only chance I had to play Division One baseball was to put that type of work in in the weight room. And yep. once I was done playing, I was like, "But I'm glad I picked it back up." Yeah. My dad. Uh, this is when I started working out again. My dad was like, "Hey man, um, getting a little belly over there." And I was like, <laughs> "All right." Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. I'm just used like, dude, you 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 went from six packs to muscles. Every every time you walk, something's flexing. I'm like, all right, I got you. I was got it? You. Hey, was it Coach Randolph that said you should be an ABCA member? Uh, actually, I I did. That was on my own. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I just I was looking for drills. Um, and every time I tried to like get a drill. He's like, yeah, log in. I'm like, oh, dang. All right. Let me, uh, and then I went to our, uh, what was her, what was her position? Can't even think about it. Assistant. Uh, yeah. Assistant AD. And I was like, is it any way we can get, be a part of ABC? She's like, oh yeah, just 
Strike the card. I was like, that's it. Like, I got to yeah, fill out paperwork. It's continuing education. And so that was a like, lot of right. coaches don't understand. If you go to your admins, they'll probably cover your, yep, your cost. Maybe not yep. to go to the convention. Yeah, but they'll cover your membership cost. Yeah, yeah. And so I got I got lucky with that Nashville one because I have a I have a um, I have a cousin that stays in Nashville, an older cousin, uh, more so of an uncle, and he's been really great. Um, and I stayed with him and was able to drive. I just all I had to do was put gas in the car and drive over and and get there. So it was. I've been lucky. I I, I cannot I cannot stress that. I've been lucky and yeah, I've but you've good. also you've also had the initiative too. I think it's a great example of whether it's waiting around to to shake Coach Corbin's hand mm-hmm. or signing up for a membership or getting your masters. Like you've had that initiative where there's a lot of people out there that people tell you like, Hey, you need to do this, but they're not gonna take the initiative to do it. Sure. And it's also betting on you've done a good job of betting on yourself. Sure. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, I really do. Well, nobody gets to nobody gets to where they want to get to without having initiative. Yes. It's not going to fall on your lap for for yeah. anybody. This doesn't yes. it doesn't fall on your lap. If you want if you really want to do something, then you have to take the initiative and make the sacrifices to do it and be passionate about it because nobody's going to hand it to you. No, nobody. Sure. Nobody's giving nope, you anything. Yeah. And not in this world. <laughs> no, no, because I. You know, and it's just part of the deal. It's like you have to go get it. If you want something, you have to go get it. Like mm-hmm. if not, there's too many other people that are willing to do it. Yeah, to go get and it. the confidence piece as well. I've when I've walked with and talked to people that are higher achievers, they are one. They are not afraid of failure. And they are very, very confident in who they are. They just. And they can fake it too. Like, like they can fake when they need to. Everybody goes through Mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody at some points can be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I still go through it as a 49 year old. There'll be times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but (laughs) I'm going to fake it. And I'll, I'll, I know I'll figure it out at some point. Like I still go, you know, more of what you're doing than not. So (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. I think parenting more than anything is where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. They're still alive. I, I know that's a good thing. My 20 and 18 year old are still alive, but I just, well, congratulations. I congratulations. It. I don't that's know a lot that's of good to be days. congratulated about. But, uh, <laughs> all right, Coach, what are some final thoughts before I let you go, Jabari? Uh, first, thank you. Uh, and, and everybody that's obviously helped me along the way. Um, there's there's so many people that's poured into me and, and just having really good conversation, even if it's from five minutes to – lifelong friendships um i just i'm very fortunate um, of the people that are willing to help and and be around on a daily basis um i i could not do this without a tribe for sure and i'm i'm very fortunate from the family dynamic and also my friends uh and mentors along the way appreciate your time good luck with recruiting good luck this fall thanks man i appreciate it all right i'll talk to you soon dog so happy for Coach Brown. It's extremely difficult for minority coaches to get a shot at Power 5 schools. 
I hope that our work with the ABCA Diversity Committee is starting to change that. I wish he and the entire Mizzou baseball program the best of luck this season. Thanks again to Jim Richardson, John Litchfield, Zach Hale, Matt West, and Antonio Walker in the ABC office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at coachb underscore abca, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Wait for another